This is how you take advantage. People are already standing, so you get your scripture out of the way while they're standing so they don't have to do jumping jacks up, up and down all the time. Psalm 107, verse 8, it says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of man. For he satisfieth the longing soul, and he filleth the hungry soul with goodness. You place your Bibles down for a moment. We're going to pray and ask God to move, and we're going to learn about the power of the hungry. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what we've already felt in worship. We thank you for the opportunity to give into the kingdom, Lord God, so that we can be a part of the blessing that you have ordained for your people. But right now, Lord God, I pray that you would move into this place. I bind every spirit of the enemy, every human spirit that would try to stand against what you have ordained for your people by the power of the name of Jesus, and I leave it powerless. And right now, God, I release a hunger. I release a faith into these people. Let us leave this place differently than the way that we came as we are touched by your mighty hand. We praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. We serve an awesome God. Give somebody a high five and you may be seated. It's such an honor and a privilege. Is this for me? I feel like a rock star. Not only do I have water, I got Fiji water. This is like the one of the healthiest waters you can get. It's got all those, hold on. It's got all those, uh, what's it called? The... I don't really know. I'm just making stuff up. Uh, See what happens? If you guys would just surrender and feel the call of God on your life, you could stand up here and preach and get Fiji water too. Amen. The perks of being a preacher. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why settle for being a king when you could be a preacher if God called you? Amen. I want to just say uh, I love coming here. I love being a part of my family. We love you. We appreciate what God is doing here. God is moving in the family church. We have seen uh, two new families come into our church. We're excited about that. It's... uh, it's been there, there's a momentum building and there's a there's a powerful move of the spirit taking place. And we're excited about that. And uh, I want to give honor to to Brother Daryl Parker right here. He. Um, he and I work at the same company and um, I went through probably one of the hardest stretches of my professional career and I was just making mistakes and I was doing things wrong and I I would try my best and I just kept failing and kept failing and it was taking all my focus I wasn't sleeping well at night I got sick in my body and I was struggling through that and trying to deal with all that and uh, my supervisor and he they met with me and I was nervous I wasn't sure what was going to happen because I was so bad I was like I might not be working anymore because I've messed up I haven't been doing so well, and I haven't really been earning my paycheck. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm very hard on myself, because if I want to do something, I want to do it as hard and as strong as I possibly can. And they talked to me, and especially 
afterwards, Brother Daryl called me because he's not just a, a worker on the job, but he's my brother in the Lord. And he encouraged me so much. And saints, a pastor, he needs some encouragement sometimes. And uh, he reminded me that this kind of stuff that happens, it don't happen by accident. That there's a lot of great things and awesome things happening in the church that I pastor. And the devil's not happy about that. So he's trying to do whatever he can to get my mind off of what really matters. And I'm so thankful there's a lot of places and there's a lot of companies that God could have led me to work. And it was not, a, not an accident, not a question. I know when I came back from being a missionary overseas, God directed me to the company that I work for. And I've known Daryl since basically day one. And uh, I'm so thankful for that because there's a lot of places and many of you know what it's like. You go to work and you don't have anybody. <laughs> you are the light. That there is, and I'm just so thankful, and I, and I want to give honor to you, Brother Daryl, because you didn't have to do that. You could have felt intimidated because I'm a pastor, or you could have felt whatever, but you let Lord the Lord lead you, and I appreciate that. I'll never forget it. Hey, Amen. Sorry, I'm a. I don't uh, keep stuff in. If it's in there, it's coming out. <laughs> As you all know. I want to read to you again this scripture because we've probably forgotten it already. It says, uh, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for the wonderful works to the children of men, for he satisfieth the longing soul, and he filleth the hungry soul with goodness. There have been times in my life that I've, I've often thought about this, and I've tried to put a put a value on it, tried to, to understand what is actually being said here. And there really, it, it, it means different things at different times and different seasons in your life. If there are times when you're, when you're doing well and things are good and you're just excited about God, and then there's times when you are in the depths of tragedy and torment and you are struggling and you don't know where to go and you're just hungry for something like Job. I look to the right and you're not there. I look to the left and you're not there. You're not behind me. You're not in front of me. I don't know where you are, but I'm still going to trust you because my trust in you, even when I don't understand, even when I don't comprehend it, my trust in you is worth more than being without you. And that's the kind of power of the hungry that I'm talking about. You see, there is a power. We have something as Christians. It is worth being a Christian in 2019. It is worth paying the price to do what God has called you to do and to find your purpose. Because let me tell you, church, you weren't created by accident. There is a reason you were brought onto planet Earth. There is a reason that you are here in this church where God has planted you. And it's not the pastor's fault if you're not fulfilling your purpose. It's between you and God to surrender yourself and say, God, take me and make me what you want me to be. In Matthew chapter 15, Matthew is an awesome book. You know why it's so good? I mean, just the name Matthew, just think about how awesome that name 
That's my name. I'm just being. (laughs) Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went and departed unto the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coasts and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But Jesus answered and said, I am not sent, but for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Let me tell you a little bit about the power of the hungry. Here is Jesus in his ministry doing the work that God's called him to do. And he's working to develop his disciples. And he's working to develop the Jews, the the lost sheep of the tribe of Israel. Scripture says he came to them first. And as he's doing this and working, here comes a woman who is not a Jew, is not pretending to be a Jew, is not acting like she's a Jew, in no way, shape, or form is she in any wise, any way proper to be a Jew. And she's crying out to him, calling upon the authority that he possesses as a Jew. Not as the God of the universe. She did not come to him as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But she came unto him as the Messiah of the Jews. And she says, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And he did not even pretend to hear her. Now we think, wait a second. You hear about all the time, we hear about God is a God of love. He's so wonderful. He's so good. He loves everybody. That's all true. But we get we forget that it's the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of wisdom. God is love, but he's still God and he makes rules and we need to adhere to those rules. And one of the rules that he had set in motion at this point was that I came for the Jews. And I'm sorry, sister, but you ain't one. So I ain't even turning around to talk to you. This is the Matt McFarland translation. This is not the actual Bible translation. That's why I read it first, so you knew what it actually said first. You're not one. So he's just tooling along, staying alive, walking along. Can you see that? That's the that's the walking song. You see the disciples just grooving along, and here she is crying. Yelling behind him, have mercy on me. And he's like, nope, I ain't got time for you. And she keeps crying. And she cried so much 
she made such a stink that it made all the disciples uncomfortable. Jesus didn't have time for her. He's just walking along. And finally, the disciples said to Jesus, can you please shut her up? She's making a scene. And notice he immediately responded to them. They were Jews. They were there. They were who he was there to save. So he does not respond to her. But when they come to him and ask him to do something, he immediately responded. And he says, I'm not come for you, lady. You ain't a Jew. Again, this is the Matt McFarland translation. So I'm not going to mess with you. Let's get back to what it says exactly, because the word's better than the Matt McFarland translation. He said, I'm not sent but for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, most people would have looked at that dejectedly and said, man, he's rude. I can't believe he doesn't have time for me. Who does this man think he is? He's misogynistic. He hates women because he don't have any. He's, he's coming on me because I'm woman and because I'm from Cana. He's coming after my culture. He's attacking me for who I am. Who does he think he is? I'm going to turn around. And I'm going to leave. But you forget there is a power that comes when you're hungry. And she was hungry. And she did not take what he had to say as a rebuke. She came again worshiping, saying, I know everything you said is true. I'm not going to deny it. But you have the power to help me. And I need help. All my pride is gone. Because hunger will supersede pride. If you're still proud and too proud to submit yourself to God and the things of God, you ain't hungry enough. It's time to get some hungry in your belly. And it's time to physically and literally push the plate from the table. It's time to push the phone from your mind. It's time to lay the tablet down and turn the TV off and say, I'm filling myself with too much food that is not what I need to be hungry for. And I need to step back and I need to just well up that hunger for the Holy Ghost inside of me. That hunger for Jesus. And how does it start? She just began to worship him. You are Jesus. You are the Lord God Almighty. I feel the Holy Ghost right now with just saying a little bit of praise to him. Because you know what? He inhabits the praises of his people. And she just began to worship him. And tell him how good he is. If you haven't spoken in tongues before, you know what you do? You just tell him how good he is. Maybe it's been a while since you've been refilled with the Holy Ghost and you felt his spirit. You just tell him how good he is. It don't matter where you are. You can be outside of the plan. You can be doing the wrong thing. You can be not a part of what's going on. But you just make up your mind. You know what? I'm hungry enough. I'm going to make some noise. And I'm going to praise him because he's worthy to be praised. And I'm going to let him know he's good and that I need him and I want him. I not just need him, but I want him. I want him more than I want my next breath. I'm hungry for a move of God in my life. 
lately I begin to pray this prayer. I begin to just pray. I say, God, I'm drawing a circle around me. And I want you to pour out the Holy Ghost inside of that circle. And just fill me and consume me and burn away everything that is not of you. Because I don't need this world. I need Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You know what happened when she began to worship him? He responded to her. Now he didn't have to work through an intermediary. Now he wasn't ignoring her anymore. Because even when you're wrong, even when you're in a life full of sin and you've been doing the wrong thing and you haven't made good choices and you're going the wrong direction, when you make up your mind, I'm going to worship my God and ask him to help me to be right. He will hear you. And he immediately speaks to her and he says to her, It is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Now you're calling me racist names. You use the word. You use the the, the dog word. You called me a dog. How dare you? Not when you're hungry. You see, he began, He did not speak anything that actually wasn't true. It was rude. It was hard to hear. It wasn't pleasant. But it was still true. And you know what she did? She was hungry enough. When you're hungry enough, you can receive the truth in your life. You can receive it when it doesn't feel good. When it doesn't sound good. You know what happens? There's something inside of you because you are created in the image of God. And every time the truth of God's word is delivered into your life and into your being, it resonates with that God particles inside of you that you're created in his image. And you recognize and you know nobody has to tell you that's true. You just feel it in every fiber of your being. When God speaks to you, that resonance happens and it's in tune and it's in harmony. And you know that in your spirit, this is right. This is true. Whether I believe it and I've been living it doesn't matter. I know that this is true. And I have to listen to what's being said because this is not just a man giving me words. But God is delivering the truth into my life. And she was hungry enough to receive the truth. Are you hungry enough to receive the truth today? Think about that. What I'm saying, it's not easy to receive the truth. The truth can be hard. The truth can be difficult because the truth is always the truth. It will not change to fit your idea. It is the truth, and you are the one that has to change to fit and to line up with it. There, there is no gray area when it comes to the truth. It is all one. And you're either all in or you are not true. There's no half true. That's like asking somebody if you're half pregnant. You can't be half pregnant. You either are or you're not. There's no halfway about it. That's like being half married. You either are or you're not. There's either the truth Or there is not the truth. There's no bits and pieces and pick and choose and fit it into your bookshelf of life and say, I like this, but I don't like that. That ain't how it works. And he laid it on her. She did not take that as a rebuke. 
She did not take that as you vile, evil man. She took that and she said truth. Truth, Lord. But she took what he said and she received the truth in it. She was hungry, you see. She said it's true. But it's also true that even the dogs, which I am, I haven't lived right, I haven't done right, I haven't done what I'm supposed to do, and spiritually in line with what the Jews worship and how I've been worshiping, I am a dog. I'm not worthy of salvation. I'm not worthy to eat the bread that is for the master's table. I'm not worthy of any of that. But even the dogs get to eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And let me tell you, I'm so hungry that if I can just get a crumb from you, Jesus, it's going to be enough. It's going to take me places I can't go by myself. It's going to elevate me to a life that I can't get to by myself. But if I can just get a crumb of Jesus, it's enough to sustain me. And Jesus stepped back and he said a, said a statement to her that he did not say to any Jew in the New Testament. He never said it to anybody else that was around that was supposed to be the called. That was supposed to be the ones that were there to be saved by his power. The ones he came for. He gave her a statement that nobody else ever received. Because she was so hungry that she submitted completely to the plan and purpose of God. He said, woman, great is your faith that you can live for the rest of your life for a crumb of the truth of what I deliver. Whatever you ask, you can ask anything that you want to ask. It's going to happen because you got it, sister. You got something. You got the hunger. And there is power in the hungry. From that very hour, her daughter was made whole. Acts chapter 10, we learn about another non-Jew. Verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Hey, Italian band. A devout man, one that feared God. With all his house and gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He wasn't a Jew, but he knew who God was. He said, this God of the Jews, he's got it going on. And I may not have been born a Jew, but that's not going to stop me from worshiping the one true God. And it's not going to stop me from sharing the blessing that he's given to me. And I'm going to have the same mind that he has. He cares for those that are hungry. I'm going to care for those that are hungry. And he gave alms and prayed to God always. So much so in verse 10. He built, the Bible says that he built a memorial before God in heaven through his prayers and his taking care of the poor and his doing the work of God. He built a memorial before God. That he got God's attention. He was hungry for God. He wasn't born right. He didn't come from the right family. He didn't have the right pedigree. He didn't have the right background. He didn't have the right teaching or training. He didn't go to CSTI. He didn't have any of that. But everything he knew to do, he said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do everything that I can to do. Every opportunity I get, I'm going to get closer to God. I'm going to pour myself into the things of God. 
So God begins to talk to the man of God, Peter. And he says, listen up, Pete. I'm going to show you something. And he became, verse 10, and he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. See, there's something happens when you get hungry. God begins to move on folks when they get hungry. Anybody else ever get hangry? I got I to gotta share something with you. I can get hangry. It is amazing how the world is just a nasty place, and I'm just fed up, and the kids are bugging me, and I'm, I'm no, the dog is, I'm wanting to beat the dog. I'm mad about this and that. I'm just upset. And then out of the blue, Sharon, my beautiful, wonderful wife, she'll just bring me like a sandwich. And I'm, what's this about? She's like, oh, nothing. I just thought you might want a sandwich. And I, <sighs> by the time that sandwich is done, it's amazing how the sun comes out. And how much better life is. And I was like, you know, it's not that bad. He's a good dog. Anybody, I'm just sharing my experience. Anybody else understand that hangry feeling? It's amazing what a little bit of food can do. And, and see, that's why, that's one of the things, there's a lot other things, but that's one of the things that fasting is so powerful because it teaches you how to control that. What good is it if you're a Christian and you're fasting and you're not eating any food and you're just a miserable piece of work that nobody wants to be around because you've you got to learn how to control the self and those desires that just make you nasty. When you got That's part of fasting. When you fast, you learn how to let the spirit have control over the physical. And when you can learn how to tell your body no to food, then you can learn how to tell your body no to bad attitudes. And you can tell, learn how to tell your body no when it wants a, men, when the pretty girl walks by. You can learn how to tell your body no when you got no business looking at that girl. Or when the websites come up, you can turn it off because you learn how the strength to tell your body no. That same goal. Don't get excited, ladies. You've got the same issues, too. You've got to deal with that, too. It's not just us fellas. You... you God made male and female. He created them, and they like each other. That's the way God made us. But we are not animals. We have to control those feelings. That's not what the world teaches you. Just, just turn on the radio. That's the, all they know about is that animalistic stuff. But God has intended us to be greater than that. And we've got to learn to control these things. And how does it start? When we get hungry. We got to learn how to control that. We got to learn how to be hungry for the right things. And here's Peter. He just happens to get, he's hungry. And God says, Now you're good and hungry. Now I'm ready to talk to you about something. And he puts him in a trance. And he starts showing him this lobster. And he starts showing him all this, these nice bacon strips and all these things. And Peter's talking to God in this trance and he's saying, What are you doing? I won't eat that stuff. I'm a good Jew. And that stuff is unclean. And I'm not going to be involved in that unclean stuff. That's not, I'm not about that. And then God says, listen, what I have cleaned up, don't you dare say it's dirty. Again, this is the Matt McFarland translation. I recommend you read Acts chapter 10 so you can get the actual biblical translation and understand what it's talking about. But 
for time's sake, I'm giving you the quick rundown here. And Peter says, all right, Lord, if you say so. He goes, now go downstairs. I got somebody waiting for you. And there is the man sent from Cornelius' household, the man who's not a Jew, who's supposed to be unclean, but was so hungry for God, he got God's attention in heaven that he brought the man of God into a trance and said, it's time to go eat some lobster. It's time to go take that what you thought was unclean that God has made clean. These Gentiles who are not Jews can receive the spirit too. Just so you're getting ready, I'm I'm, I'm giving the, the, the story away. Verse 34, he's preaching and God begins to move and they all get filled with the Holy Ghost. Then Peter opened his mouth in verse 34 and said of a truth. Again, the truth is always the truth. I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't care what your pedigree is. He doesn't care who daddy or mama was or wasn't. He cares about who you are. And are you hungry enough to receive the anointing, the plan, the purpose, the salvation that God has for your life? The power of the hungry. Skipping ahead to verse 44 through 48. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them that heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter because the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any forbid that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. You see, when you get hungry, things begin to move. Things begin to happen. I'm going to slowly break down something. and I'm not going to be too much longer. That is, the, that is the worst thing a preacher can say. Don't say that to a preacher either. That's not a good idea either. It sounds good and it sounds holy, but as soon as you say that, everybody else is like, man, why do you have to say that? Because I'm hungry for lunch. But we want to be hungry for Jesus. All right, I got to stop. I'm getting, I'm having too much fun. First Kings chapter 18. First Kings chapter 18. This is in a time of the King Ahab. King Ahab was not a godly king. He did not follow the ways of God. He was married to Jezebel, possibly the worst woman that has ever lived on planet Earth. Not a good situation, not a good king, not a good rule. All the stuff he did was just pretty much bad. And God raised up a mighty prophet during that time that the king was scared to death of, that Jezebel was scared to death of, because God was with Elijah. And Elijah had it going on because he was in tune with the Spirit. And finally it came a point that... that that because of the sins of the king and the sins of the people, the people had followed the king and they no longer were worshiping God like they were supposed to. This is the children of Israel, the, the ones that God did miracles, signs and wonders, the ones that they saw amazing things, King David and King Solomon, all the, all the amazing things that they saw that God did. These people were now worshiping idols and worshiping false gods of Baal. 
and building temples and tearing down the temples of the Lord and, and the tabernacles of the Lord. And God had spoken to Elijah through a prayer. He says, listen, it is not going to rain for three years. And uh, it hadn't rained. And there wasn't, it, it was famine in the land. Because when there's no water, stuff dies. And there was a lot of death going on. And there wasn't a lot of food. And water was scarce. And Elijah gets together and he says, listen up, fellas, let's all get together. And let's just decide once and for all. Who is in charge? God wars. Oh, that sounded cooler in my head. It was it was the gods of Ahab and Jezebel and the people against Elijah, the one true and the one true God. He says, Let's all come together. And Elijah picks. He says, I want to come and I want you to bring all the people. He picks this place way out in the middle of nowhere. Nobody's living there. It's not a, it's not a popular place. You've got to take a couple days' journey to get there from anywhere. And all the people come together, and they're, they're coming to this place. So now that I've set the stage, let me read the Scripture, verse 20. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, how long halt ye between two opinions? If the I am be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. The people answered not a word. Then Elijah said unto the people, I, even I only remain a prophet of the I am. You guys know what I'm saying, the I am? I taught you that last time I was here. Where am I at? I got all excited. I thought I was going to tell you again, but you all know it. Verse 23. Uh, but Baals are uh, 450, so it's one prophet against 450 prophets. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it into pieces, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under. And call ye upon the name of your gods, and I will call upon the name of thee I am. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And this is powerful. Listen to this. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. You know why? Because they were hungry. It hadn't rained for three years. Elijah didn't bring all these people together at the beginning of the famine. He brought them toward the end of the famine. He let them get good and hungry to where they realized we need to hear something. We need to do something. We need to change something about. Because guess what? We've been worshiping. We've been praying to these false gods for three years, and we ain't seen nothing. We've been, we don't even know how to pray anymore to God, and we ain't seen nothing from him either. So he's going to say, who's going to answer by fire? Sounds good to me. Whoever it is, let it be so. And it goes on. Where am I at? Verse 25. 25. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves and dress it, for you are many. Call upon the name of your gods, but put no fire under it. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and they called on the name of Baal from morning until noon. 
saying, O Baal, hear us, for there is no voice. There was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped on the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon. I love Elijah. Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for is he a god? Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is on a journey, or poor adventure, he sleepeth and must be wakened. He knows it's no real God, only the one true God. He's messing with them. And these guys, from morning until noon, that morning is classified as six in the morning in the Jewish culture. So from six in the morning until noon, for six hours, these guys are crying and screaming, 450 of them. And then some of them saying he's not answered yet, so let's really get it going. They jump up on the altar, and they're hooting and hollering and dancing all around. And here's Elijah over here eating a sandwich saying, oh, he can't hear you. Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's asleep, and you got to wake him up. And he's like, come on, cry louder. I got, there's no fire yet. And verse 28, and they cried aloud. They got so upset, they cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets till blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midday was passed that they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. That there was neither voice nor any to answer nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto all the people, he said, listen up, folks. Now you're getting ready to see who God is. Are you hungry enough? I gave them all day. They spent all day doing all their shenanigans, all their hooting and hollering. They're cutting themselves, bleeding all over the place, trying to get dramatic and trying to make a big show. I'm one man. I didn't bring my guitar. I didn't bring my spotted uh, strobe lights. I didn't have. I don't have my smoke machines. I don't have anything. But come in close because you're fixing to see something real. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. He brings them all in and he says, verse 30, And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the I am that was broken down. All their shenanigans, they broke down the altar. He says, No, I'm not going to leave a broken down altar. I'm going to do it right. And he built it right the way it's supposed to do because there's a right way to do something and there's a wrong way to do something. And Elijah brought all the people that had forgotten how to build an altar and had forgotten how to come into God's presence. He says, come in here. I'm going to show you how to do it. This is how you build the altar. This is how you present yourself to God. And when you do it the right way, you're going to hear from him. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob unto whom the word of the I am came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. You know what's beautiful about this? Jacob was his first name before God changed his name. We say the children of Israel. We don't say the children of Jacob. The same guy, but his name was changed when God touched him. Jacob means a surplanter, which is not a word we use a lot, but it basically means like a conniving, manipulating, cheater type of guy. Israel means the prince. The son of the Most High. He says, now you're no longer Jacob. You're now Israel. And in the scripture, he builds the altar with the 12 stones according to the sons of Jacob, who was called Jacob, but is now called Israel. 
the son of the most high. You belong to something greater than yourself. Not because you're special, but because he is special. And we've got to be reminded of that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You see what's going on here? He's showing the people. This is who you were, but you're not of Jacob. You are not of Baal. You are called by God for a purpose. You're in this land for a purpose. And he's letting everybody see what's going on. And he's wondering, is there anybody here that is truly hungry enough for a move of God to be established in their lives? And he says, here's the stones, according to the 12 tribes of Israel, shall be thy name. And with the stones, he built the altar in the name of the I am. And he made a trench around the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. He built a trench. I have no idea what two measures of seed is. That's really not important. We're going to move on. And he put the wood in order and he cut the bullock in pieces and he laid him on the wood. And he said, I want you guys to fill four barrels with water. And pour it on the burnt offering or the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Has there been any burnt sacrifice? Has there been any fire yet? Elijah's already got it done. He says, you're going to put the water on the burnt sacrifice because it's already established. Because I know how to get in touch with God. This is not my first altar before the Lord. I know how to speak to God and I know how to be in tune with him to receive his response. So it's going to get burnt. Now, here's the other thing. Remember, it's a famine because it has not rained. And guess where they are in Mount Carmel? There is no water. Where did the four barrels of water come from? Because he decided to have it way out in the wilderness, the people had to carry water enough to get there and water enough to get home. And he made the choice right now and he says, I'm showing you how to build this altar. Some of you are hungry enough. You're starting to remember who God is. Is there anybody that is hungry enough for a move of God that they're willing to take their life's blood and they're willing to take the water that they had to sustain themselves to get back home and say, I'd rather give that to God. And I'm going to put that on the offering. Often we get excited and we say the water was all about God making something wet burn. That's not the issue here. The issue here is he was allowing the people of Israel to say, I'm going to put my sacrifice on the altar too. And I'm willing to put everything that I've got left. Because everything that I've got left is not going to sustain me. It's not going to keep me. And it's not going to take me where I need to go. But I'm willing to take everything that i got left. And there began to be some people been, been to look at their families and their children that are around. And they wanted to say, listen, this is more important than whatever happens next. And they took all the water that they had and they brought it up and they poured it on. And each one of the tribes began to be represented and they recognized what was happening. And four of the tribe leaders came out and they dumped the water on the altar. And what does Elijah say? Good. There's some folks that are hungry enough. Do it again. And they looked around and four more people brought their water and put it all on the altar. And he said, that's eight. There's 12 tribes. Come on, somebody. Do it again. And they brought the water till now there's water flowing all around that thing. And now it's a true sacrifice 
for the kingdom of God because some folks were more hungry for a move of God than they were to live another day. Stand with me right now. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Verse 36, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near. And he said, I am God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel. Let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O I am. Hear me, that this people may know that thou art thee, I am, God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the I am fell, and it consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The I am, he is God. The I am, he is God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kidron and slew them there. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of an abundance of rain. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what's happening in your circumstances and your situation. But I'm here by the authority and by the direction of the Lord God Almighty to let you know it's time to let your hunger get a little bit deeper in your heart. We're in North America. We can provide so many things for ourselves. We can provide for our needs. It's, it's very rare that one of us is actually going to go hungry at mealtime. But it's time for us to remember all that we have is because of Him. And I'm tired of relying on myself because I can't make it by myself. I need something greater. I don't need to come to a church that can tell me good things about myself and how God is love and He's going to make everything great and it's all wonderful and good. That sounds nice, but that's not going to take me where I need to be. I don't need enticing words of man's wisdom, but I need the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Every head bowed, every eye closed right now. I'm going to pray a prayer, then I'm going to open this place up to let some hungry hearts out. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we come before you. We thank you for all that you've done for us. You've been so good. You've been so kind. And you've been so patient. I pray right now, Lord God, that you would start up a spark inside of every soul. That you would reinvigorate the fire that maybe was there before, or maybe it's never been there before. But God, let a burning hunger sweep over this place. More than any blessing of finances, more than any blessings of health, more than any blessings of anything else, I release a blessing of the hunger for the Holy Ghost and fire into your people right now in the name of Jesus. Not enticing words. Not enticing words. God, I want the real deal. I want the Holy Ghost. I hunger for you. I thirst for you. Not my will, but thine be done, Jesus. 
This altar is open. Let's reach out to Him right now. Let's receive what He's ordained for us. Let's not leave this place the way that we came. The Holy Ghost is here. Are you hungry enough to receive what He has for you? Oh, welcome.